Hi, everyone, and welcome to the preview show uh, in association with Sports Broker. Massive thanks to everyone at Sports Broker for making this possible. It's our pre-Blackpool and pre-Christmas edition, more importantly. We're, we're joined by two proper Huddersfield Town legends today, uh, both doing ambassadorial duties now for the club, Andy Boone and Michael Heffalo. Chaps, thank you so much for joining us. Um, how's your build-up to Christmas, first of all? Are you ready for the big day? Yeah, I'm all sorted, Dave. Thank you. Yeah, looking forward to it. Good. Michael, obviously, just it's worth mentioning because it's something I learned when, when you joined us as a player as well, that Christmas, when you celebrate, is a little bit different for, for German families, isn't it? Yeah, because we start our celebrations on the 24th, 4th on the evening. So uh, it's a little bit pressure now there because I still have to do some bits and bots. <laughs> but the Christmas is there. The Christmas tree is there. Um, and uh, the rest is where still some little surprises uh, and then we're all good to go. Excellent. That's good to hear, chaps. And I think Dave, can I ask him? Because yeah. last time I was talking to him, they were worried that, obviously, his Christmas dinner is sausage and cabbage. They were worried that his sausages might not get over from his, from his mum's town. Have they, have they yeah. arrived there? Booby still waiting for the sausages. Maybe they're 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 in custom duty or somewhere else. Because we we are always eating some nice sausages with white cabbage and with some bread. This is our tradition in in our house, and my mom sends them always over. So uh, I'm still waiting for them. Let let's see. Pork sausages just as nice, F. I'm sure. <laughs> Very good. Just to Michael, everyone. I think that's the easy, uh, the easy thing to say. That easy message, uh, chaps. First of all, obviously, uh, as footballers, I'm interested to find out a little bit more as to what this period is like as a footballer. And Michael, I think I'm right in saying that this was new to you when you came over here in Germany in the past. You'd had a little break. So, what was it like for you when you came to Huddersfield for the first time? And I think we spoke at the time about the fact that you understood that football was a, a Christmas tradition for English football fans. And you'd actually been over almost as a fan in the past. Is that correct? Exactly. Like you said, when I played in Germany, I was always like trying to go to some boxing game days. So um, I tried to get some tickets somehow because it's always very difficult to get them. And it was for us then a tradition to fly to UK to watch some games because uh, the atmosphere and and the and and yeah the surroundings were so special. So when I joined at Huddersfield, this was one of the biggest days. What I'm looking forward to the Boxing Day because it's such a big tradition. And um, yeah, you just do it here in the UK. So I feel very privileged to play these days as well. But on the other side. Um, when you when you train on the 24th on the 25th uh, it's a little bit yeah awkward situation because everybody's home uh, with their families and celebrating and you're there with the with the lads in the dressing room uh, the christmas songs are on you do quick your training and and then you go home obviously you need a lot of recovery because there are so much games and so so intense um but overall, it was a nice experience to, to, to play this couple of games. And as well, you can pick up so much points there. So if you, if you have like a good, good run, especially in this period, you have a big benefit on the end of the day. Absolutely. Andy, I'm going to flip the question for you. Christmas as a footballer will have been all you knew until a few years ago. So how weird was it to actually have what people would consider a regular Christmas when you hung your boots up? 
It would. It was nice, Dave. Uh, as you said, yeah, right from the very beginning, you knew as a footballer, Christmas is just well, really, you don't have a Christmas. Uh, and and I learned early on as I can remember 1990 when I first started when I joined as a first year apprentice. Uh, there was seven first year apprentices and. Three, three of the lads were, were Irish uh, who came, obviously came over, stayed in digs. And for Christmas, they used to send them home because obviously I'd just let them to see the family. So that meant there were four Huddersfield uh, lads, local lads. So we had to be in Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and obviously Boxing Day for the, for the game. But Christmas Day, we had to do all, all the jobs. Uh, and I can remember one, I think it was the first Christmas, might have been the second one, but it snowed. And we had to clear all the snow off the pitch as well. This was Christmas Day. So right, even though I'd not played a game, I knew there were no Christmas for, for, for footballers. Uh, but then, yeah, flipping it round, I absolutely love it. Love it now. I know Christmas Eve, uh, we finish it at dinner time, Christmas Eve. So I get all Christmas Eve, uh, Christmas Day, and, and bo- uh, obviously the game at Boxing Day. But you don't have to, I don't have to. Uh, plan uh make sure I'm I'm okay for Christmas as long as I'm not hungover and I can I can be at the game then that's all all that matter matters to me. Uh but no uh, as a footballer it's it's difficult but I used to love it because it, there's so many games come at once and like F says the atmosphere the fans it's just different a completely different atmosphere on a boxing day game and then whatever the 29th 30th whatever day you, you're playing it just fans are behind you Still, it seems behind you more on on, the, on them Christmas games. It's a it's an interesting one. It's a question for both of you, and I'll stick with you, Andy, to start with, if that's okay. Then go on to Michael. But there's always, increasingly, it feels a debate about whether a, a, a winter break is a good thing. Obviously, it's something they have in the Scottish Premiership now, locally to us. I think the the general suggestions. I think uh, one of our, if not you, Michael, it could have been David Wagner or someone that was new to this, like you, but said that maybe the way to go is to keep the Christmas fixtures and have a little break in January, for example, or something like that. But Andy, what's, you, you've lived both sides of the coins now. As, as much as the positives, I'm sure there are some negatives as a player to playing over Christmas too. What's your view on, on this debate? Because it doesn't seem to go away, does it? No, I don't know. Dave, I'm old school. I love the Christmas period. And I've, as you said, I've seen both sides of it. And no, I, I love it. Uh, and yeah, I know the Premier League lads, uh, especially when they were cup matches uh, th- this week, that doesn't seem to make, make sense. Surely they could they could miss that out. And, uh, but no, for me, I used to play my my first. Uh, I used to play twenty sixth and twenty seventh for so Boxing Day and the twenty twenty seventh. Which, looking back, that was absolutely ridiculous because you couldn't you couldn't be recover. Uh, but no, I, I like this period, and and that's what English football all is about. If probably sees it differently because he's he's obviously tasted both, both sides of it. But no, me, I'm old school, I'm old fashioned, get the Christmas games played. And winter breaks, I, I always feel if you have a winter break, if you miss two weeks, then you're still going to have to train as hard. You're going to have to then do a little pre-season. You lose your fitness after 10 days. You lose your match fitness after 10 days. So if you're, if you're having a break of two weeks, then you're going to have to work extra harder to get your, your fitness back. So for me, Keep it as it is. It's everybody enjoys it. Michael, I suppose that's the the idea behind the Christmas break in Germany is that you benefit physically from it later on in the season. Did you feel that way? And, and having played through it and had the break, what's your view on what's what's best? 
Well, I'm I'm pretty similar, like like Andy, old school. <laughs> Even if I'm uh, I'm a little bit younger, let's let's say this way. But I I enjoy this this Christmas period so much. So I love to play. I love to watch it. They shouldn't shouldn't necessarily change it. But what what I have to say definitely, maybe in January then one one week break or whatever that you get some recovery in because it's these days is too much games, the, the the injury risk is too high. But on the other side, like, like Andy said, if you have like a two-week break, like for example in Germany, or three weeks, um, then you have maybe one week off mm-hmm. where you do nothing or just a little bit run runs. And then you go into a pre-season camp, which you work double hard. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know what makes more sense. You know, if you just have one week where you have to, where you can rest, cool down a little bit uh, and then you go again yes makes sense but anything longer you have to catch up with fitness you still have to train very hard and then yeah it it makes no sense then because then you just can play as well so when there is like out a little mix a couple of days or whatever that you just get like as well your head free that you have like other thoughts not just football football as well on the mental side um would be surely beneficial, but I I would never change like the Christmas period because it's such a big tradition and I love tradition and you, you shouldn't change it, the tradition. I think, Michael, it was a good point to make here and it, it, it alludes to your job within the academy now where you, you, you're working with the young scholars uh, a lot of the days and you're doing a mentorship thing with some of the younger lads in particular. Uh, we did a piece with Emmy Humphreys, our academy manager, on the website this week about the academy over Christmas, because the academy is different to the first team. The first team play the games throughout. The academy do have a little winter break. Now, I think that's particularly important, and Emmy made this point, for the under-17s. And, and for fans who don't know this, our under-17s uh, largely live at Richwood School through the year, so they're, they're kind of boarding almost. And they come from all over the country. So it might be London, it might be Birmingham, wherever. And actually, Emmy feels that this period, after a very intense, intense first three or four months as Huddersfield Town Scholars can be really important. You just talked about mental state there. As a 16-year-old, to have the chance to go home and see your family, maybe for the first time since you joined Huddersfield Town, how much benefit do you think that will give the young players when they come back in January? Will it refresh them? How much? How important do you think that is? I think it's, it's huge to send them home to their parents, to their family, that they have some some quality time with them because here they are working, they're they are in Richwood, away from their family. Uh, they're new to Huddersfield, this area. They have to get used to it. Maybe they feel a little bit lonely sometimes. They're homesick or whatever. It, everything is possible, but we try as hard as possible that everybody feels welcome and feels home. Um, I see the point what Andy made when when he was was there. Oh old school that was proper hard no days off different <laughs> times i assume uh I, I don't know if you still could do it these days changed a little bit the mentality of the players changed a little bit and i think to send them home is very important because you will definitely gain a lot of beneficial visuals from 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 this break for the kids absolutely yeah Andy, I think it's it's worth uh, reiterating, and again, it's something else we talked about this week, that although 
Christmas is a time where hopefully most people watching this are winding down now work-wise to, to finish for Christmas. Uh, it's an important time for the for the football club and, and uh, you alongside Michael did some really important work with the with a couple of local hospitals this week. Would you just explain to us, for fans that might not know, might not see this stuff, what you guys do around this time of year with that regard? Yeah, we, we, we always try uh, and uh, going to hospitals, going to the Calderdale and, and Huddersfield Royal Infirmary and usually, apart from obviously the last two years with the COVID restrictions, we've always taken uh, all the first team players, all, all the reserve team players into, into both hosp hospitals and we get, we, we get given them all a goodie bag, uh, little gifts, uh, Huddersfield Town, Town gifts and the players are absolutely brilliant with them. They go around the wards, they talk and interact with with, with all the kids, because you're right, Dave, it's a difficult difficult time for, for for the children that are in the wards. And sometimes it's it's just nice seeing the players and, and the smiles that you see on the kids' faces when when their heroes are, are in their are in their bedroom. Uh, and and it does, it just it's it's an important thing. The clubs we've always done it and it, it will will always continue it. But obviously unfortunately uh, we weren't allowed for the for the last couple of years. So me and Hef, we we went there last week, delivered hundred goodie goodie bags to to the Calderdale and Huddersfield Infirmary. Unfortunately, we weren't again allowed to allowed to go into the to the hospital, but we we handed them over to the to, to the day nurses uh, who, who took them up, and then they sent us some lovely photos of of all the kids opening presents and that, and, and that's what it's all about. If if we it's it's nothing for the football club to organise, to, to, to do, donate, but it means the world to, to some of, the, some of the, these young children that won't be home for Christmas. So it's one of my favourite, me and, me and her for all over the year, but this is my favourite uh, visit we, we go to uh, because we know how much it means to, to the young children. Yeah. Michael, you were really good at doing these kind of things as a player. But now you've stepped over the line and, and you're, you're now working in the role alongside Boogie. Uh, how much does it hammer home? How much that this kind of work, and it isn't just hospital visits, you guys do things throughout the year. I, I always feel, and I've been lucky enough to come on some of these with you, that it, it's the reaction of not just the kids, but the families as well, that it makes it really hit home how much of an impact you guys can make to these people at a really difficult time. It's, it's great to see as a player, I always loved it to visit schools or to go to the hospital, especially the hospitals where you just can, uh, can give some little presents or with your presence to be there, to have some chats, to listen, what, what they have to tell, um, to make them feel for this five minutes, what they're there or 10 minutes, uh, much better. And you see the boost, uh, which, which helped them as well. I used to do this as well in Germany and we had some big success where where some kids recovered from very very bad um, disease and illnesses so this is just um, beyond football to be honest you forget about football because it's not necessary when you see children there in in, in the hospital and it, it just is great to see they get better it, it's such a nice feeling and now it's very important Andy does it fantastic i think there's no better man who, who does it when we visit the schools or when, when when we when we go to the hospitals how he's organizing everything how he's communicating with the schools with the hospitals so it's just great to be part then 
of Andy and um, yeah, visit the kids and obviously with the reaction, some know you from, from the playing days and sing your song and like are so excited, even the teachers. Um, yeah, of course, this is a great feeling. This is a great feeling, don't get me wrong. Or when you tell them some stories or we introduce some, some German sentences um, and they just repeat what you say. I think Andy can speak now as well German. <laughs> so um, <laughs> now it's, it's, it's good, it's good, definitely. Definitely very good to do for the football club. Well done to you both for doing that. It's a very, very worthwhile thing to do. Uh, let's talk football. It's obviously why we're here in the end as well. Uh, Boxing Day coming up. It's funny, we've talked about the intensity of the Christmas period and how the games come thick and fast. It's probably the, the Christmas that's felt most like a normal schedule to me out of any we've ever had. I think it's because Christmas falls on a weekend this year. Normally we try and squeeze that game in on the 28th or the 29th, Andy. It's not happening this year. We've got Blackpool and Boxing Day on Sunday. Then it's uh, it's a little bit more of a weight than usual. It feels like more of a normal schedule than perhaps when you were playing, like you said, two days running. But uh, it, it, it doesn't feel quite as intense as it, as it has done in the past, does it? No, I don't know. No, and 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 the fixtures being being good. Just, I know we're on on Sky, so that gives an extra extra day recovery, uh, and that'll be, that'll be that'll be massive for the, for the players. So no, and I think Carlos now will just treat it like you said as a normal week, uh, and we will be able to do a bit more on the training ground after after Blackpool uh, instead. Of, instead, when you've got a quick turnaround, there's very little you can do. But I'm sure Carlos will, will have them extra days. To work on obviously the not forest game after the Blackpool game, but the Blackpool game is very important. We've we've coming off an absolute fantastic result, uh, and and it's it's funny because after the commentary game, it felt a bit doom and glo- doom and gloom in, in the lounges, and, and I know they got a last minute goal, uh, but looking back, that's been a, that was a good point uh, against a good commentary side, and then to bounce back and go a goal down at Bristol, miss a penalty. And, and to win, it's we can we can take massive confidence from last week's game and build on on Blackpool. It'll be a tough one because Blackpool, since we've played them, they've re, they really have shot up the league. And but it's Christmas, and what are we? Three points off the top six player spot. We're in a fantastic position to to go to second half of the season. Michael, we spoke about the Bristol City game on extra time on Saturday and it was a fantastic win, as Andy said. I think uh, Blackpool will will be a stern test. We know this. They're a good team. They're doing really well in the first season back in the Championship after promotion. I think it's it's still going to be viewed as an opportunity for us, hasn't it? We're on home soil. It's about that positive intent that we saw in the play at Bristol City and bringing that into a match where it's possible that Blackpool could come and and look to make things difficult for us, which you've played against teams like that. It's never easy, but it is an opportunity for us on Boxing Day. Yeah, 100%. We have to take the positivity, positive things from Bristol City, where I think we played well, we played with a rhythm. It, it, it looked good as well from the outside. Everything makes sense. And you had the feeling we were always under control. Uh, and as well, huge character from the team to go one nil down, to miss a penalty, and then to still stay in the game and say, like, nah, nah, we win this. Um, uh, big, big credit to the team, obviously. So we have to take this, this part from Bristol City to our John Smith Stadium and then obviously fight against Blackpool and, and, and keep the three points 
at Huddersfield. This is this is key because like when you look at the table, everything is squeezed together. Everything is possible, even when against Coventry. Okay, the second half we could be a little bit better, but this is the football. Sometimes you dip a little bit. Sometimes you have a better performance, especially in the championship. So it's a crucial game. We we have to be positive, uh, play forward and uh, help each other, not just on the pitch, as well in the stands. And then this could be a, a great boxing day for us all together. Absolutely. And you know, it's interesting, Michael, as you were speaking, you just talked about Boothia learning a little bit of German. When you say Huddersfield, do I detect a little Yorkshire accent on your... Yeah, put, yeah. A little bit, uh, put, put a little bit Yorkshire accent here and there where I'm very sure I can do it. Hey, wonderful. I'm still learning. I'm still learning. Yeah, well, we'll all... We'll learn each other's. That seems fair. That seems fair. Andy, I want to speak to you about Danny Ward, if I can. And it's something that Michael and I touched upon on extra time on the game on Saturday. But uh, I, I think we're all really pleased for Danny. He, he was a big part of the start of the game. He obviously had his penalty saved and then came off, I think, around 75 minutes with a goal and assist under his belt. And he's in a good run of form at the moment. As our resident striker, Andy, and I will point out Michael was a number 10 in his younger days, as he always tells me, but as our resident striker, Andy, what do you make of Wardy and what he's done so far this season? I think I feel, I feel like he's really grown into the position as the season's continued. I also feel like we ask our strikers to do a very, very complicated job as part of the system. And as someone who knows the position inside out, what's your assessment of, of Danny and what we ask our strikers to do under Carlos Corbran? I, I agree with you. It's it's a difficult task what what you ask what you you're asking them to do. I couldn't have done it. There's no way I could have played the role that Carlos wants Danny or Fraser or, or whoever to to play. Uh, you don't you're up there by yourself and you do so much unselfish running off the ball. The work rate that Danny does and beginning of the season, if you're not scoring the goals, it go, it gets a bit unnoticed uh, and the, the fans. As a centre forward, yeah, you get seen as how many goals you score. But the work that Danny were doing for the rest of the team was, if if he didn't do that, the rest of the team would, wouldn't work. Uh, so for for Warden now to be getting the rewards he deserves, and and it just shows confidence. Every, any striker needs confidence, and if you're you're scoring goals, uh, it breeds massive massive confidence. And Wardio Wardio be like like, and I love the fact that. He took the penalty. I never took a penalty in my in my career. So I, anybody who has the and obviously have F's taken quite a few important ones. I never took one. So for anybody just to stand up there and, and take one, I take my hat off to him. But to miss it, but then obviously to still have the confidence because you can easily get you get your get your head down. Uh, but no, he kept on working hard. He got his like you said. He got his assist. He got his goal, and he's come off uh, another. another uh, top performance. So what is just and and I think last year as well, he was injured most of the most of the season. Uh, so it takes a while to get that fitness. Yeah, he had a good pre-season, but uh, it's matches that make you fit. And yeah. the matches what, especially the game, what the the fitness and the work rate what he has to do. Uh, it's it takes time, and it's just showing now. And 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 any good what he gets is an absolute bonus because. He's there to do the unselfish, the the uh, the runs that probably won't even receive the ball or, or get the ball, get the ball. But in making them runs, create spaces for for other players. Uh, so 
highly delighted for Ward. He's, the, he's such a nice lad as well. I, I, obviously, I knew him the fir first time he, he came, and it's always nice to see a nice lad doing 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 well. So I'm so glad for him that he's getting the goals, and hey, there's no reason why it can't continue. Michael, in, with your work in the academy, how much do you show the academy players clips of our first team doing the things that you want them to do? So just in keeping with the example there. Danny Ward, and I think Boothie's right, will make load of runs in a games that are almost not intended to get the ball. You're creating space for your colleagues and your teammates. You're almost being unselfish to make that goal, even if you never touch the ball. How much do you show a JJ within the 17s and a Van der Grubb in the 19s, whoever it might be, look, this is what Danny Ward's doing at the first... This is what it takes to play for our first team. Well, just when you see Kian, he just... Yeah. extended his contract, we sit down, show him some clips from his game, or how is Danny Ward running? Where is he going? Where are the dangerous areas? And I think it's very beneficial. When you want to arrive one day in the first team, you have to see it as well, visualize it, um, that you know exactly where you have to go, what you have to do. And I'm a big fan of, of Danny Ward, to be honest. At the start, I didn't really know him. I just heard a lot of rumors around the stadium. Ah, he's not good enough or whatever. But for me, he was always one of the one of the better, best players uh, who performed on the pitch because he put his heart on the pitch. He runs his socks off, and he's he's always there. He's a proper team player. Michael, did you play against him? Would you have played against him? I'm trying to think because well, he's kind of been a, a stalwart in the championship. He played for could, Cardiff and all that. Right? Could be, but I can't remember. Probably <laughs> he was in my pocket the whole yeah, 90 <laughs> minutes. I don't know. I, I don't know. But I'm a big fan. Again? I thought he scored two goals against you when he played. Oh, no, 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 no. This was a lot of big striker. <laughs> I would I would have remembered this. Now, definitely, I'm a big fan of Danny Ward because his work rate, his work attitude, where you see how he's chasing the ball, how he's chasing the goalkeeper. This is where our defence work starts, this is with Danny Ward. He's the first defender and he's ec excellent. And now are coming the goals as well. Um, yeah, I'm pleased for him and hopefully he keep it up. Michael, can I ask you about penalties, if I may? And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Boothie just made that point there that in two massive games for this football club, you step forward. And I think that I would extend this to Shindy as well. As someone who's a, a fan primarily also is lucky enough to work here, I remember standing on the sidelines at, at Sheffield Wednesday. And normally you don't see centre-backs in the first five that take penalties in England. It just isn't a thing that normally happens, to be honest with you. It's normally the forward players. I think that's fair, Booby, isn't it? You normally <laughs> see the, the wingers and the strikers and the guys who probably score more regular goals with the feet. So I remember you stepping up that night. I'd never seen you take a penalty before, but... I had a lot of admiration for you for stepping forward in such a pressure situation. What made that decision? Is it? I'm guessing you didn't practice loads of penalties in training day on day. Did you feel like you had a responsibility as one of the leaders? What What was it that that night made you put your hand in the air and say, I've got this one? Um, Dave, nothing, to be honest. It's just natural. I want to take a penalty when, whenever it's there. And especially in such a big occasion where a lot of a lot of high stakes are on the table, uh, you want to be part of it. You want to take responsibility, not just duke away and like, oh, 
you take it, you take it. No, no, this is not in my in my inner. If if there is something where we where we have to step up, I will always step up. So it's, it's no problem because on the end of the day, I know I took the ball, I I scored, I missed whatever, I got the blame, I got the glory, no problem. I I did what I could do, and if I never if I don't step up and just leave it to the other guys. I, I couldn't deal with this uh, uh, for the rest of my life because then I, I gave the responsibility to somebody else and I, I want to be um, yeah, responsible for my luck, if this makes sense for you. So it was never in doubt that uh, I, for me to, to not take a penalty. I'm taking always the penalties. Yeah, no, that's, I think it does come down to individuals and, and what you're capable of, I suppose, in the end. But yeah, it's a, it's an amazing thing. And it's a funny run we're on at the moment, Andy, where uh, they've been very disparate, very far apart, but we're on a run of five game, five successive penalties, five different players that haven't gone in uh, over the course of quite a long time now. But I suppose it's just about having that wherewithal to be the person to step forward and take the, the next one when it comes. Yeah, like I said, Dave, I'd never knock anybody for taking penalty. Anybody who steps up... Uh, they, they've got my admiration. But like I said, I cannot say anything because I, I didn't have the guts to take it. Like, that's right. You step up, you only blame, blame yourself. Uh, me, I was I was stood back blaming somebody else if, if they miss. So I'd never, ever blame anybody for, 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 for missing a penalty. They get up there and take it. They try, they try the best. And it's, it's not easy. People think we've got a penalty. It's... it's even in training, I used to struggle. That's why I never ever took them. I took two penalties, one in the reserves, one in the juniors when I was on hat tricks, missed them both. So nobody ever let me take another penalty. Uh, so, yeah, Carlos will be, he'll be uh, working on, on, on it and they'll know who the next penalty taker is. It might be one you get. If one is confident enough, let, let, him, let him have it. Uh, it's just whoever wants it and whoever feels confident. And, and if they score brilliant, if they miss, I'd never, I'd never say anything about anybody who misses a penalty. Absolutely agree. And let's hope we get another one at the weekend and we can we can see one going on this occasion. Uh, guys, I know we're uh, approaching the half-hour mark, so I'm going to let you go now. I want to thank you both for coming on. Wish you both a very Merry Christmas. I'll see you both on Sunday, I'm sure. Uh, town fans, just a reminder that on Sunday against uh, Blackpool and Boxing Day, there are the new COVID-19 guidelines, Plan B, that have been brought in by the government. So there's all the information you need on htafc.com. Uh, the basic premise is that you need to bring uh, proof of your vaccine passport, uh, proof of a negative test from the government or uh, something to do with your exemption if you have a medical exemption. But there's full information on the website. Please pay attention to that. Please arrive early as well. It really helps us to get everyone in on Boxing Day. We're expecting a good crowd again. Uh, all at least for me to say is uh, I hope on behalf of everyone at the club, you have a very Merry Christmas and we look forward to seeing you when we play Blackpool on Boxing Day. Thanks, guys. <laughs>